هو أكبر لا إله إلا الله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Amma Ba'd, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. I begin as always with a reminder that we should have taqwa in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which means that we should be conscious of Allah, we should always fear Allah, and we should protect ourselves from Allah's punishment and His wrath. As He tells us in the Quran, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu. اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون. He says, O oh, you who believe, have taqwa in Allah, as He's worthy of having taqwa in. And do not allow yourself to perish or to pass, except that you're in a state of Islam or a state of loving submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on this blessed day of Jum'ah, and at this yet still pivotal moment for our Ummah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send an abundance of peace and prayers upon our most beloved Muhammad. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik wa an'im ala Habibina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Amma ba'd. You know, my dear brothers and sisters, one of the most iconic moments in the Qur'an one of the most iconic scenes in the Qur'an is the scene of the drowning of Pharaoh. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sets the stage for us in the Qur'an in the moments just before this momentous event takes place. Where he tells us that Musa and Bani Israel, after Fir'aun lets them leave Egypt, they find themselves faced with the sea in front of them. And after he let them go, Fir'aun decided that this loss, this humiliation was too much, both on his ego and potentially on his kingdom, as we'll come to explain. And so he decides, even though he had agreed to let them go, he decides to bear down on them from behind them. And so here you have Musa in the middle of the desert with an oppressed people, a defeated people, a weak people who have finally been set free. And in front of them is the sea, and behind them is the strongest army in the world. And the people turn to Musa salam and say, we are destroyed. It is over for us. You've led us to our ruin. And Musa salam says his very famous words, 
إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعْيَ سَيَهْدِينَ Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with me, He will guide me. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands Musa alayhi salam in that famous scene to strike the sea with his staff. And then Allah wills it, that the sea parts. And Musa commands many Israel to walk through. And Allah wills that the water remains parted long enough for Fir'aun to convince himself while staring at this miracle to convince himself that he's still on the right path and that he should walk through it and kill them on the other side. And after Allah allows him to delude himself into that, he walks into the sea and the sea closes in upon him. And then Fir'aun as he's drowning cries out that I believe in the God of Moses and Aaron. And Allah says, now do you believe in him? After all the signs that came to you, now you're going to believe in him? Let's keep it with you, we don't want it. And in one of the weaker narrations of hadith, our beloved messenger وسلم, says, and we can narrate this because it fits in line with the Quran. He said, if you could have only seen Jibreel on that day, shoving, shoving dirt into the mouth of Fir'aun so that he couldn't speak any words of repentance. This is one of the most iconic scenes in the Quran. And I want to come back to it near the end of the khutbah. But I start with it so I can set the stage for the reminder that I want to give myself and everyone today. Let's look at the two primary actors in this story. Fir'aun, la'anahullah, and Musa, alayhi salam. You see, first off, there's no story in the Qur'an. In fact, no prophet in the Qur'an who's discussed nearly as much as Musa, alayhi salam. Some of the ulama say, كَادَ الْقُرْآنُ أَنْ يَكُونَ مُوسَى It's almost as if the Qur'an was about to become in its entirety the story of Musa salam, From how often he is recounted. Now Allah doesn't speak about any villain in the Qur'an. After Iblis, he doesn't speak about any villain in the Qur'an as much or with as much depth and frequency as he discusses Fir'aun la'anahullah. So after Iblis, it's Fir'aun. After you have the evil of the jinn, Allah gives you the personification of the evil of man in Fir'aun. And let's look at some of the hallmarks of what Allah SWT tells us about Fir'aun. Allah says about him, for example, وَعَلَىٰ عَلَىٰ الْأَرْضِ That Fir'aun became arrogant on the earth. And this means, one, that he became drunk on his own greatness. And we all know this in the Quran and some of the ayat. Allah tells us that Fir'aun used to tell his people, I don't know of a Lord. I don't know of a God for you other than me. Later on when he's debating with Musa, he tells him, if you take a God other than me, I will kill you. I will have you killed. And one of the stories that we get from the Isra and the Mi'raj is the story of the hairdresser of the daughter of one of the Fir'auns who because the hairdresser said as she was picking up the qawm, Bismillah, in the name of Allah. And the daughter heard, and she said, Do you mean my father? This is how much they were deluded into thinking they were gods. What human being can be that deluded? The evil that must have festered in a person's heart. The darkness that has to settle in a person's heart to think that you are somehow greater than the rest of humanity. 
And then Pharaoh specifically, he took it to its ultimate conclusion. If you think that somehow you, have a, you as a human being are better than other human beings, take that to its natural conclusion. Why are you not a god? Why can you not determine on your own what is just and unjust, what is right and what is not right? If I do it, it is just. If I do it, it is moral. Because I am God, I get to say it. Allah SWT tells us about Pharaoh among his evils. He says that he broke the people up Shia. That in order to control his people, in order to maintain his dominance and his material control on the earth, he used the tactic to divide and conquer. Rather than preaching the godly, divine preaching that all of humanity is one great brotherhood. That Allah made you nations and tribes because it adds to the tapestry, the beauty of human life. And it shows you the beauty of Allah's creation. Rather than that, what does Firaun do? He weakens one group and tells the other group, you are better than them. And he did this to Bani Israel. So he convinced the people of Egypt, these children of Israel, they are beneath you. They are less than you. They are worth less than you. They are worth nothing more than being your slaves. And for generations of pharaohs, this was the case. How many generations of Jews lived under that tyranny? And this is why, you know, some of the ulama say, there was a reason why Musa never got to see Palestine. He never got to see his people enter into Palestine. They say one of the reasons is there was such an internal defeatism and an internal oppression in the generation of Bani Israel that escaped with him that Allah, in order to bring about their victory, Allah had to let that generation die off and a new generation that was raised in freedom, raised with dignity, was then able to overcome. And we'll come to that a little later, inshallah. But you find Fir'aun purposely doing this the pharaohs did this generation after generation. O oh, Egyptians, you are at least better than these people. Allah says in the Quran, That the evil of these people, the evil of the Egyptians, the corruption in their hearts allowed them to buy into this message. That yeah, I am lording over you. I am oppressing you. I am claiming to be your God, but at least I've made you higher than these people. And so they were willing to buy into that lie because it gave them something themselves. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, um, uh, 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 So he broke the people up into this divide and conquer tactic. And then when it came to Bani Israel in specific, he went so far as to kill their male-born children and to keep their daughters alive. And there's a very ugly connotation with keeping the women alive that I'll allow your imaginations to explain to you. But I want to hang on this moment, on this point for a second. One of the things I already mentioned Allah says about Fir'aun is that He used to use this tactic of making his people feel light, feel weak, feel meaningless. And he did this to the Egyptians and he did this to Bani Israel. And Allah manifests, He wants to draw out our thoughts into just how they had taken in the oppression by giving us this description. 
that he used to kill the men and leave, or kill the boys and leave the girls. And just a little bit of background about this history. Some of the ulama say what happened here was that one of the pharaohs eventually had a dream. And he saw in that dream that coming from Jerusalem was this great fire. And it came all the way to Egypt. And it burned all of the houses of all the Egyptians, but left the houses of the children of Israel untouched. And so when he awoke in this panic, he asked his ministers, explain this dream to me. And they said, it means that a child from the children of Israel will dethrone you. One of their newborns will end up taking your power. And so Fir'aun decides, natural conclusion. What human being can come up with this, I don't know. But his decision is, there's an easy solution. I'm just going to kill every newborn boy. But look at how insidious and evil he is. After he implements this for a year or two, his ministers tell him we're running into a problem. The old are dying off and we're not allowing any new young to come in. And so we're losing our slave labor slowly. And if we don't maintain their population, who's going to do our work for us? Who are we going to build our economy and our power on? And so Fir'aun then decides, okay, what I'll do is, I'll kill them one year and leave them the next. Look, subhanAllah, how Allah destroys their plots, his plot on his own. I'll leave them alive one year and kill them the next. So Harun, the ulama say, Harun alayhi salam was born in one of the years when Fir'aun let them keep their boys. And then Musa was born either the next year or a couple of years later when it was the year that they should have been killed. But I want you to sit for a moment and think, we are watching our sons and our daughters get bombed to death. We are watching their limbs be torn off by these massive bombs. And I know many of the men in this audience would gladly run to that land and shield those kids with their bodies. Alhamdulillah, may, may Allah preserve this manhood in our hearts. Alhamdulillah. Think now, they didn't have bombs back in Egypt. In order to kill newborn babies, they didn't even have a gun. They didn't have nerve gas. How did they kill these babies? They stole them from the cribs and the arms of their mothers and in front of them with machetes and knives and swords put them to the death. A, what brutality is this? What satanic behavior is this? But B, how self-imposed oppressed do you have to be to watch your newborn get killed and do nothing? To watch your own baby get stolen from your crib or the arms of his mother and then have a man, another man, stand over him with a sword and chop his head off in front of you. How weak do you have to be? How self-oppressed do you have to be not to run in and say, kill me and leave my newborn? Run, my wife, run. This is how much oppression he had heaped on Bani Israel. This is how long they had lived under this oppression. This is how long they had drunken in this oppression. These were the tactics and the realities of Fir'aun. Now how did he convince them of it? Fir'aun had a massive propaganda campaign. Huge. To the point where, as we'll come to later on, when Musa came back to him, after Musa had already proven to be a prophet, 
Fir'aun spoke to Bani Israel and he told them, look at all this gold and wealth that I have. And look at these rivers flowing beneath me, meaning I own Egypt. Who is this man who can barely speak? Do you really believe in him over me? Or if you take it to me in another thing, Al-Muheen is the one who is not apparent and won't come, meaning Allah. And they believed him. Bani Israel, after seeing Musa still believed him. Yeah, look at how much power Fir'aun has. Look at the greatness we were able to produce because he put us in this position, because he used us in this labor. We've helped create the greatest civilization that the earth had ever seen. They were so steeped in the oppression that they were drunk on it. He had convinced them through this massive propaganda campaign that they were that weak. In fact, the ulama say when Allah says, they say it means that he made them, he convinced them that they were inherently weak. He convinced them that they had absolutely no value other than the value he gave them. And he convinced them that if they even ever thought of coming against him, what could they do? Look at the power that Fir'aun had versus what they had. This was Fir'aun. Now Allah says about Fir'aun after he says in this ayah, وَعَلَىٰ عَلَىٰ الْأَرْضِ Allah says, And we desired to give the earth to those that were oppressed. Allah wanted to make a sign out of Bani Israel. That even those steeped in centuries of oppression, or at least generations of oppression, if Allah wills it, He can turn the tide completely on its head. Now how did Allah decide to give this reality or bring this reality into fruition? He did it through Musa He did it through revelation. He did it through the light of prophethood. And I want us to take a moment here and reflect on this. Firstly, fascinatingly, fascinatingly, Fir'aun is forced out of his own economic need for Bani Israel. He's forced to keep Harun alive. And then he's forced out of his own insane bloodlust and his own ego and arrogance, he forces the mother of Musa to throw her into a crib and end up on the banks of the, of the throne, of the palace of Fir'aun. My dear brothers, please move up and make space so that those behind you can fit in. Allah wills it that in his own arrogance and planning. Now he didn't know it, but in his own stupidity Allah brings that very thing that he was terrified of. So Fir'aun goes on this genocidal campaign to withhold, to keep his power because he saw this vision that one from Bani Israel will end my rule. And Allah wills it. That that very response to the dream brings Musa to his doorstep. Subhanallah, as one of the ulama say, the mother threw him into the water, fearing for her son, and a few days later, under the guard that she thought was going to kill him, he's brought back to his mother to suckle and nurse. Subhanallah. Allah saved Bani Israel through this baby child that he willed to come to the banks of the throne. And Allah saved Bani Israel and overturned the rule of Fir'aun in the heart of the wife of Fir'aun. In the heart of the very palace, there was a righteous woman. No one knew her to be a believer. No one on earth knew that in the heart of that woman lived the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah.
You never know. And Allah says this, by the way, when the Muslims were so defeated after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, one of the ayat that Allah reveals at that time, He says, I held your hands back from Quraysh, and I held their hands back from you, in part because there are believers in Mecca, you don't know them, and the Meccans don't know them. And I don't want you to unknowingly or unwittingly do harm to them, and them to harm, do, do harm to you. They're still good in Mecca, and Allah wanted to preserve it. In the depths of the darkness of Fir'aun's palace, there was this light glowing. And Allah saves the end. The end of the tyranny was saved with this one small light in one woman's heart. And then Musa is brought up in the palace. And eventually, he grows up, Allah says, strong, physically strong. As is now famously legendary said, Musa was so strong. As we know in the Quran, he punches a man and kills him. And when he punches the angel of death, he knocks his eye out. And I know some people don't like this story, but it's in our tradition, walhamdulillah. It's said that when the angel of death came to take permission from Musa, to take his soul, Musa, out of his frustration that he still hadn't seen Palestine, he punched the angel of death and his eye flew out. And the angel went back to Allah and said, Ya Allah, Musa didn't want to come. So he grew up strong. And Allah says, and he grew up with wisdom, hikmah, and knowledge. Allah willed it that he grew up in the palace of the greatest superpower on the face of the earth. Imagine if something like that happened today. How much knowledge, how much know-how, how much capacity would that person have? And then in a freak accident, Musa alayhi salam kills a man. And in his great sincerity and humility, repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But is forced to leave. And he leaves and is left completely with nothing, all the way to the point that he sits under a tree and says, Ya Rabbi, and I've spoken about this dua many times. He's asked Allah, Ya Allah, I don't even know what to ask for. So he just says, Ya Rabbi, whatever good you can give me, I'm in need of it. He doesn't even know where to begin to ask. Whatever good you can send me, Ya Allah, I need it. And Allah sends him a job. He sends him a wife. He sends him a family. And Musa is stuck there for a decade working. And then eventually he gets the revelation and he's told, go back, not just to Egypt. Not just to Egypt. And I want you to keep in mind, 10 years Musa's in Median. Where is his mother? Back in Egypt, under that tyrannical ruler. Where is his sister? Where are his brothers? All of them back in Egypt. Is for, Musa is forced to stay there all of this time. And then when Allah tells him to go back, does Allah tell him just go back and try to escape quietly in the night? Absolutely not. Does he even tell him your only mission is to free Bani Israel? Absolutely not. He says you are to go back and speak to Fir'aun directly. You are to call Fir'aun to my way. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, Allah says, and say to him a soft word so that maybe his heart will come back. This tyrannical, crazed ruler of a man, this genocidal maniac, say a nice word to him, maybe he will come back. And Musa's response is, Ya Rabbi, I have no power. Look at all the power he has. What do I have? Look at all the magicians he has. Look, what do I have? Look at the army he has. What do I have? I can't even speak, Ya Allah. Look at the speech impediment you gave me. And then he says, Ya Rabbi, if you're going to do this, at least give me my brother Harun as a prophet. Strengthen me in some way. Give me some support. And Allah tells him, not only do you have Harun, but I'm going to remove the speech impediment for you. 
I'm going to remove it so they can understand you. But go back and speak directly to Fir'aun. And he gives him the miracles. And he goes to Fir'aun. And many of you know this story. I'm just going to rush through it. And he speaks with Fir'aun. And Fir'aun, in the midst of this debate and dialogue, you see all of the tricks of the oppressors. He begins by first trying to mock him. Who is this God other than me? I don't know who this God is. And Musa tells him it's the God, the Lord of the heavens and the earth. He says, and what about all the previous nations that came? What about all the previous generations? What are you going to say about them? Musa says, yeah, he is the God of all the generations and the ancestors who came before me. And he is the God of everyone alive today. And he is the God of you, O Fir'aun. And then Fir'aun removes, goes to, to try to shame him. And he says, and what about that evil deed you did? Didn't you run away from here because you had murdered someone unjustly? And Musa in his great sincerity and morality says, yeah, I did it and it was a mistake. And I saw Allah's forgiveness and he brought me as a prophet back to you. And then he calls him out on his hypocrisy and duplicities. Duplicitousness, if that's a word. His duplicity. He tells him, are you really going to hold me to account for one death when you have enslaved Bani Israel for generations? Is that really your response? You've oppressed the people for generations. I mistakenly killed one. By mistake. And that's your justice? That's your proof? That you should still hold them as slaves? And so Fir'aun now gets enraged. I swear by Allah, if you take another God other than me, I will throw you into prison. My dear brothers, please make space for your brothers coming in. I'm not going to say it again. Please, come up as much as you possibly can and make space for your brothers. Allah will make space for you. And then finally, when Fir'aun is at his wit's end, ready to kill Musa, Musa tells him, what if I can give you proof? And he shows him the miracles. And Fir'aun, because he knows nothing else, you see, when these tyrants, they, all they know is their own games. And so they project it onto anybody else, to everybody else. If Fir'aun, in Fir'aun's mind, he knows he's not a god. He knows he has no power. He knows he got to that power out of all of these tricks that he played. So he assumes everyone else is playing the same tricks. I do propaganda, they must be doing propaganda. I lie, cheat, and steal, they must be lying, cheating, and stealing. I bloat my dead numbers, they must bloat their dead numbers. And so he says to Musa, this is just some sihr, this is some magic that you've done. I will bring you magic to outdo yours. And in his foolishness and his arrogance, he creates that great platform for Musa alayhi salam. Where now the, the magicians are on one side and Musa is on the other. You all know the story. They throw their magic, Musa throws his, and it's clear as day. What Musa brought is not magic. It's so clear that the magicians themselves, those masters of propaganda, that had hypnotized his people for generations, they themselves prostrated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and went to death because they were willing to stand. They knew the truth so clearly. If the magicians themselves could see the truth, what do you think of the rest of the people? It was so evidently true. And still Fir'aun insists, no, this is a game. If I got here through games, Musa must be getting here through games. And then Allah sends the plagues upon Egypt. And with every plague that comes, Fir'aun has to kneel, go back, begging Musa, Oh Musa, and they still call him a sahir, Ya sahir, it'u rabbak. The confusion of these people. Oh magician, 
pray to your Lord. If you're going to ask him to pray to his Lord, he's obviously not a magician. O magician, pray to your Lord. Musa prays, the flood is removed. O magician, pray to your Lord. Musa prays, the locusts are removed. Over and over again until finally, after the plagues, Fir'aun allows him to go. And then they get to the Red Sea and we get to this famous iconic scene. You see on the one side, you have all the worst values of humanity. Where humanity can go when we let our nefs run amok, when we let our egos run amok, when systems allow and cultures allow for their egos to run amok, you see what disgusting, tyrannical, genocidal power structures can come to be. And Allah says, I sought to overturn that genocidal power structure and show humanity that the weak can inherit the earth. And he did that by sending a person like Musa alayhi salam. وَأَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَاسْتَغْفُرُ الْعَظِيمِ لِي وَلَكُمْ يَا فَوْزُ الْمَسْتَغْفِرِينَ اسْتَغْفِرُ الله. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters, just a few thoughts about this iconic scene with Musa and Fir'aun where they finally come to a head. Throughout the entire story of Musa, every single time Musa is about to take an action Allah commands him to take an action prior to the Red Sea. Every single time Musa turns back to Allah, either on his tongue or in his heart, he turns back to Allah with fear. So when he first meets Allah, Allah tells him, Allah says, Musa was so afraid when he first heard the voice of Allah, he ran. And Allah had to tell him, come back. And then when Allah gave him the miracle, he said, throw your staff. And Musa got terrified of his staff and Allah said, no, no, grab it. When he says, go to Fir'aun, he says, Ya Rabbi, look at all he has and look at what I have. When he's against the magicians, Allah takes the time to mention it, that when the magicians threw their magic, Musa felt some fear in his heart. That's how great their propaganda and their magic was. That's how much they distorted reality. And just as a side note, one of our teachers today, he says, if you think deeply about magic and try to compare it to technology, it's very hard to discern the two at a certain point. The fact that you can today pull up this device, not connected to anything, it's just in your pocket, and see people the half a world away is no different than what Bani Israel could do, than what the Egyptians can do at the time of Musa. It's magic. This is propaganda at the highest level. This is magic at its greatest level. But Musa salam, when he sees their magic, it's so great. That he's still knowing that Allah promised him victory. He still felt a little fear in his heart. And Allah tells him, no, no, throw, don't worry, don't worry. When he finally comes to the sea, is the first time in the story of the Qur'an, Allah doesn't mention anything about Musa's fear. His people turn against him and say, oh Musa, you have led us to ruin. And Musa's response is, Allah is with me, he will guide me. At his weakest point now, at his weakest point, he says, no, no, Allah is with me. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands him to hit the sea with his staff. Before I get to that, my dear brothers and sisters, I know, I know, for many of us, we feel like we're in a moment of despair. 
a moment of weakness. Babies being murdered day after day. And not only is no one doing anything, such a large portion of this world is celebrating it and trying to convince you and I that they deserved it. I know it hurts. But walhamdulillah, Allah has not made us like Bani Israel was at that time. This ummah is roaring. Walhamdulillah. And the conscience of every good person within the ummah and outside of it is roaring. We have not drunken in the oppression, walhamdulillah. The people in Gaza themselves, walhamdulillah, have not drunken in the oppression. That's why you see them still struggling. That's why you see them still thankful, still with smiles on their faces. Allah has willed. He didn't allow what happened to Bani Israel to happen to them. But I know many of us may be feeling it. But keep in mind, my dear brothers and sisters, I told you, Allah saved Bani Israel through Musa as a baby. That's when He saved them. Allah says it. When Musa landed on the banks of Pharaoh's palace, Allah says, I saved him and Pharaoh took him in. No, he was going to be an enemy to Pharaoh. I saved him then. It's not when he became a prophet. Allah willed it. Almost 40 years before it happened, Allah said, I planned for Bani Israel to become the victors. It took a long while. And look at the journey Musa had to go through. He grew up as a man in Pharaoh's palace. He was exiled for more than 10 years. He came back and struggled plague after plague until finally Allah allowed him to see victory. It never comes that quickly or easily. Never. And yet, throughout the entirety of it, does Musa ever have an army? No. Does Musa ever have the propaganda that Fir'aun has? No. What does Musa have? A belief in Allah and a commitment to the truth. I will be firm on la ilaha illallah and I will be firm on speaking the truth and standing for justice no matter the odds. And this manifests itself in the commandment Allah gave to Musa. Musa says, Inna Allah ma'ya sayahdeen. Allah is with me, he will guide me. And then Allah tells him, strike the sea, O Musa. And I'm sure many of you have heard this. But in the dhikra tanfa'al mu'mineen wal muslimin, the reminders help the believers and the, and the Muslims. Our scholars say there was never a reason. Musa never really needed to strike the sea with his staff. If I go to the water now and strike it with a stick, it will do nothing. When Allah commanded Maryam السلام, to shake the palm tree, no, not 10, not 20 men could shake a palm tree strong enough to bring its fruit down. Why would He command her to do that? Because in Allah's lexicon, what matters is the sa'i. What matters is that you do. Do whatever you can to speak truth to power and to stand for justice. And eventually, Allah will bring it to pass. Allah could have just commanded the sea to split. But He said, Musa, yes, I am with you. And the guidance I'm giving you, strike the staff, with, strike the sea with your staff. I ask you today, if you today, worried about Ahl Gaza, worried about your brothers and sisters in Palestine, if the commandment from Allah was, go strike the ground with your stick, how many of you would do it? How many of us would do it? And yet Musa did it knowing Allah is in full control. And that is who am I, I am after. Even when he made a mistake. Yes, I made a mistake. Yes, I did it. Because ultimately I'm after truth. I'm for Allah. This was an error that I made. But it doesn't wash away the sins that I'm calling against. And it doesn't debase me enough to make my meaning or my message worthless.
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on his own did away with Fir'aun. No army, no great power, the weak, the meek, the slaves of the earth destroyed the superpower of that time because they stood with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because they followed the guidance of Musa alayhi salam. When Allah seeks to bring justice and truth back to a world that is overwhelmed with the tyranny and the genocidal mania that men can wreak, He does it through the right of revelation. He does it through the hearts of believers. He does it with those that put Him first and make Him only. And so my dear brothers and sisters, I know it feels like it's been a long time and it's going to probably go on longer. Musa and Bani Israel had to wait generations. Musa himself had to wait decades to see his victory. And still he never lived to see Bani Israel enter Palestine. But he stayed firm on the path. Stay firm on the path, my dear brothers and sisters. Stay firm on La ilaha illallah. But we all have to ask ourselves, in our own personal lives, how much do I embody the games of Fir'aun? And how much do I embody the purity of Musa alayhi salam? Because while we want to look at the systems of power today and compare them to Fir'aun, yes, Fir'aun was only able to come to power because his people were so corrupted and evil. They believed him and followed him because they were a corrupted people themselves. So when Allah talks about Pharaoh and Musa in the Quran, it's not just power structures. It's in your heart. It's in my heart. If you want to be among the movement to remove the genocidal mania that is on the march on the earth today, then you have to commit yourself to being a person of Musa salam. They're using the language of dark and light. They're right in a way. Yes, this is a battle of light and darkness. But the only way you can be on the light is to be among the people of La ilaha illallah. And everyone will choose if they're among the people of darkness. It's not by race. It's not by identity. It's not by where you happen to be born or who your father was. It's whether in your own heart you're going to let your commitment to God reign supreme or the commitment to your own ego reign supreme. I ask Allah SWT to make you and I from those who hear what is said and follow the best of it. Oh Allah, thanks and praise are due to you until you are pleased with us. And all thanks and praise are due to you if you become pleased with us. Ya Allah, forgive us our sins and accept from us our repentance. Oh Allah, we ask of you Jannah and we seek refuge in you from the hellfire. Oh Allah, we ask that you send an abundance of peace and prayers upon our beloved Muhammad. Oh Allah, you are the one who says be and it is. You are the master of all, Ya Allah. All dominion is in your hands. You give it to whom you will. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, the powers of the earth have descended upon our brothers and sisters with a bloodlust. Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi, we ask you that you envelop them with your mercy. We ask that you envelop them with your love. We ask that you give strength to their hearts. And we ask that you guide them through this ordeal. Ya Allah, we ask that you guide our hearts through this ordeal. Ya Allah, we ask that you allow us to pass this test in, pass test in the way that is pleasing to you. Ya Allah, use us to alleviate the suffering of our brothers and sisters. And do not let us be Fir'auns in our own right. Ya Allah, we ask that you guide us, that you guide others through us. And you make us a means for this world to be guided. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar.
أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله استووا واستقيموا يرحمكم الله Turn your hearts towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Straighten the rows, close all the gaps. Please fill the lines all the way to your right before you start a new one, insha'Allah. Allahu Akbar. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمد Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمد الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر
Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi Astaghfirullah